you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Vidite ako se napravi greška, tako ki bude kobna, nema vraćanja nazad. So, Europe need to to remain more the socialist government of Macedonia, currently led by citizen before 1991, the League of Communists of Macedonia, together with their senior partner, Dewey, before 2001, the so-called National Liberation Army, are now in the business of dictating the price of bread in Macedonia. And they've done such a good job that, well, how to put this delicately, there are shortages of bread throughout the country. You can't make this stuff up. In other news, the corruption in Dewey is so bad now that half the party's leadership want Prime Minister, oops, <laughs> Deputy Prime Minister Arton Gruby thrown out of the party, while the other half point to the inscription on a Roman stone recently unearthed and claim that this inscription proves that Macedonia is historically Albanian territory. Again, you can't make this stuff up. Meanwhile, support for Macedonia's EU membership has dropped to a record low of 64%, while 65% of all citizens polled are against changing Macedonia's constitution to suit the churlish Bulgarians, who have yet another election next month. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the snow-covered Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is uh, Tsvetan Chalimanov from the ancient Dardanian capital of uh, Skopje, <laughs> or Skopje. <laughs> Which is, uh, yes, you are referring, of course, to this uh, Roman stone unearthed in... Uh, uh, where it's Dardanian was it stone, not Roman, Dard Dardanian. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dardanian, <laughs> Dardanian, okay, yes. yes. Uh, so, a single, a single word in, in the Latin script uh, now proves that you, Svetan, uh, must leave... Uh, well, maybe they'll let you stay, yeah. you know, maybe they'll let you stay. But, you know, it's you have to acknowledge that this territory is historically Albanian. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I live in um, Oral Valley, but Tucson, which is where I grew up, it's just south of here. Essentially, uh, we have a they Tucson has a, a mayor mm -hmm. from the Democrat Party. Very uh, she, she's extremely liberal. Uh, mm -hmm. And she start when she does uh, her um, uh, public events, she usually starts with. Uh, but first, we must recognize that we are on land that uh, was historically uh, Native American and was stolen from them, you know, and it's just kind of... Yeah, land acknowledgement. Uh, yeah, whatever, I don't know what it's called. It's called foolishness, stupid, it's, it's called moronicness. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah. So that's what we got going on here uh, with uh, some of the... Actually, is it, it is, yes, it is part of the Dewey, one of the Dewey factions that's claiming this now. That, well, a bunch that, of them are claiming it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, actually, yes. And alternative was it alternative that just left government or uh, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the ones who are now pointing and saying that uh, Macedonia needs to have uh, you know, well, basically federalism and split up the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con a confederacy. <laughs> Confederacy, sorry, yeah, and, and split up the country in, in half. So, so, so that's what the 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 uh, Albanian leadership. I always want to make a point of saying that. It's the Albanian leadership that's growing restless again, uh, uh, with some of them claiming that Macedonia is, uh, you know, Albanian, and therefore, you know, you've got to, that justifies their claims to do this, that, and the other. 
Mm-hmm. But then you've got uh, Artan Gruby, uh, who is the powerful, I guess he's the deputy prime minister. Uh, uh, and, and ISIS saw this too. Let's see, we're recording this. This is episode 152 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. We're recording this on Friday, March 2. So mm-hmm. he is enveloped in a number of corruption scandals, which is why part of his party wants him out. But but now he's blaming, <laughs> wait for it, Russia <laughs> for his scandals. <laughs> so uh, apparently he is he is claiming that these that the Russians are involved because they're anti-Albanian, yada yada yada. So what do you make of it? Uh, it's a huge mess in the Albanian camp and. Uh, this is the result of uh, the Macedonian party in power, the nominally Macedonian mm-hmm. party in power, is this um, losing support among ethnic Macedonians, uh, dependent on the Albanians to survive another day, and uh, now it's not enough uh, for SDSM to make a deal with one large Albanian party, with Dui. Uh, the leader of Dui is aging, Ali Ahmeti. He's facing uh, several fac- uh, two factions in his own party fighting to replace him. Uh, these factions uh, see that SDSM is desperate for votes in parliament, so they are trying to increase their price by negotiating not through Ahmeti but individually. So this is why two between two and three members of parliament from Dui have declared that they are now out of the coalition and they are trying to make new deals with the government to get new perks. Um, so then SDSM they had to bring in a larger coalition partner, the Alliance of Albanians, uh, with eight votes, this was supposed to put them well above the limit of uh, half of parliament, 61 votes necessary to survive. They were supposed to have like 70 votes, but um, as they brought this party in, other parties started to issue demands. The smaller alternative party left the government. It is now attacking the government. Uh, uh, so... Everybody's trying to get a better deal out of uh, the government. And uh, the situation is also heightening nationalism in the country. Mm. Uh, even though, you know, the SDSM rule was, is supposed to be, on paper, good for relations between Macedonians and Albanians. It's supposed to keep the Albanians appeased because they have so much more influence over the government now. They have huge ministries, departments, which they never had before, like the foreign ministry, the finance ministry, they only had it once uh, shortly. Uh, they have far more clout in public sector employment. Uh, like even, even even anecdotally, I was, I was doing some uh, bureaucratic work these days, and, you know, the institutions are chock full with Albanians and um, not doing a very good job, by the way, I must, mm. I must say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they're running roughshod over SDSM and the country and the government. So, uh, the, um, on their way out, the alternative party, they issued a demand that uh, there is a union of Albanian municipalities in Macedonia. So, practically, that a statelet is formed within Macedonia. The reason for this is that uh, in Kosovo, which is apparently coming closer to an endgame with the U.S. and several EU countries put, pushing strongly on the Serbia to accept a deal with Kosovo and recognize Kosovo. What Serbia requested in exchange was apparently a lot of money, apparently a lot of influence in Serbian lands around it, like Bosnia, Montenegro, and they will definitely ask for influence over Macedonia, over as, as a part of maybe realigning to the West, away from Russia. 
and giving away Kosovo, but they also want a small portion of Kosovo, the north of Kosovo, which is majority Serbian. So and they would they would form like a Serbian statelet there, like the Serbian statelet in Bosnia, with its own president, its own parliament, its own executive competences in, uh, you know, water, sewage, electricity, education, healthcare. So practically a mini government. And now the Albanians are saying, okay, we want the same thing in Macedonia. We are there is way more Albanians in Macedonia than Serbs in Kosovo. We are 30% of the country, according to the disputed latest census. And uh, we want um, a president, a government, a parliament, uh, a, a cohesive territorial unit, which is practically partitioning the country. And uh, uh, so this is an issue, this is something requested by the alternative party as it was leaving the government. This was also raised by the Kosovo Academy of Sciences, Hmm. which issued a report a few months ago, we discussed this, in which they condemned Ali Ahmeti for not pushing strong enough for this idea. Uh, they couched it in the terms that, okay, if Ahmeti pushes for this more, then uh, Serbia will, uh, this weakens the Serbian case in front of the West, so Serbia cannot push for partitioning of Kosovo. So they say this, is, this will be like a tactical move, but in reality, if this happens in Kosovo, as it's on, on its way to happen, then uh, then the Albanians would clearly say, okay, we want the same thing in Macedonia, obviously. And then there is the, uh, the Roman plaque that was discovered. I mean, it, it looks Roman. I don't think there was... Dardanian. Uh, lot... Sorry? <laughs> Dardanian, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Dardanians, Darda, Dardan, uh, it's a word in Albanian for pears. And this was apparently a name of a tribe which lived in this proximity, uh, and mainly in Kosovo. And the Albanians are building like a nation founding myth on the Illyrian tribes which existed in the Balkans, which lived in the Balkans before the Romans. So this is, this is very important for them to state that they pre predated the Slavs, the Romans, that they were equal uh, ageness with the Greeks. Uh, even at one point, they would claim like Alexander's uh, mother, I think, was Illyrian or half Illyrian, mm -hmm. half Illyrian, Olympia. So they would say, OK, the Macedonians are building a cult to Alexander, but he also belongs to us, the Illyrians, the Albanians. So um, they found a plaque in uh, Skopje, the old city of Skopje, which is which existed like uh, to the north, northwest of the current uh, city, also along the Varda River, but mm -hmm. on a different hill. The city was destroyed by the earthquakes, uh, by the, uh, was it the Gothic invasions, I think? Uh, the Visigoths, the Ostrogoths, the, the teenage yeah. Goths. The, uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, we are excavating the place, but they found like a plaque which I don't know what it says. It says at one place, Dardanus. So, you know, some historians say this was probably a Roman period because it's in Latin, and it was probably an individual name of a person because there was no province called Dardania by this time. But the Albanians, uh, even from this Alliance of Albanians party, which joined the government, uh, uh, historian Albanians, uh, politicians, they're up in arms. The journalists were there. They're, they started shouting that the government is 
uh, committing cultural genocide over the Albanians because they didn't immediately stop construction. Uh, this, there was like a residential development in this part of the city and uh, mm. where, where they found the plaque. So they want to destroy the evidence that Skopje is a Dardanian city and by extension it means an Illyrian city and by extension it means Albanian city and uh, the and Slavic by, Macedonian. And by extension yeah. you should leave or at least yeah, shut yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Even people yeah. who would accuse uh, the Macedonians like um, over the period when when Nikola Gruevsky would seek to uh, emphasize the ancient heritage of the Macedonians, the, uh, that as a nation we derive from the ancient times, just like the Greeks do, just like every other nation here. Uh, people who even derided Gruevsky as you know, nationalist, primitive, ahistorical, and s- stuff like that, now they're pointing to the evidence, to the proof that, uh, <laughs> you know, written in marble, who knows when. <laughs> So, yeah, we have uh, a lot of uh, nationalism caused by the weakness of the Macedonian camp in the country. Well, I, I think, and that's a very good uh, analysis, but your your last point there is critical, I think, caused by the, the weakness of the, mm. the Macedonian camp. Um, you know, when I when I pointed to the, the far-left Democrat mayor of Tucson, uh, Regina Romero, who says that, you know, this land mm. is historically Native American and we stole it. She's being, of course, performative, mm-hmm. virtue signaling. Uh, there's, even if she literally believed that, and I don't think she does, uh, there's nothing that could be done about it. And so she, she says it, you know, again, it's virtue signaling. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. This is what far-left Democrats and progressives do. Now, when it's done over there, it's a little bit different. And it might be, there might be some virtue signaling and performance involved uh, because, of the, because of who's saying it, but they literally mean it, and they literally want that territory. Uh, and that's oh, not yeah, yeah. that's not you know unique only in in Macedonia and, and Southeastern Europe. It's you know throughout the planet uh, because most mm. countries are based on on ethnic uh, ethnic states uh, as opposed to um, you know ideas like the United States. But anyway, um, okay. Well, but again, going back to your last point, there it's the weakness of the Macedonian current Macedonian government, which will do anything, including handing over the keys to the kingdom. Uh, to yeah. the ethnic Albanian leadership there to stay in power, basically be- because they're corrupt and they want to keep you know skimming off the top of various contracts and things mm-hmm. like that. Going back to Artan Grubi, so apparently um, one of the things he's involved in is is um, uh, this uh, the the what is it the uh, highway. highway to right highway. yeah exactly. So that's a uh, he's talking to Bechtel, which is a U.S. company. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's a no-bid contract. Uh, yeah. And, and Bechtel, of course, has proven itself to be involved in various countries where the United States military has been, and and uh, it's uh, it's quite lucrative. Um, mm. And then, of course, you've got Ali Ahmeti, his boss. Well, I don't even know who's the boss between Ali Ahmeti and yeah. Artan Grubi anymore. But um, he's involved in, in uh, and his family is involved in setting up new energy companies. And basically, it's, it's all... It's it's corruption. Uh, Macedonians know it. Poles point to it. Uh, and when I say Macedonians, I mean Macedonian citizens. Everybody knows in Macedonia, no matter what their their class or ethnicity or anything else, knows that this government is absolutely corrupt. The U.S. government knows that this Macedonian government is totally corrupt, uh, and yet they just keep doing it. You know, we had. Um, uh, the U.S. ambassador announced famously last month. It's gosh, we're going on four, five, six months now, this 
team sanctions uh, coming in. And very little has happened since then. If uh, It seems like that was performance art as well. Um, yeah, they stopped talking about this. Yeah. Uh, about fighting corrupt politicians. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So so the, the corruption uh, is really interesting here because uh, this, uh, the Alliance of Albania's party, which joined the government with its eight seats, it was very anti-Dewey, very opposition, very outspoken against uh, Dewey as a corrupt party. Um, its leader, Arben Taravari, was. Uh, and then it became known that uh, he starts negotiating with Dewey. He has the U.S. ambassador going to uh, the city of Gostevar, where he's mayor every other day. Every other diplomat went there. Uh, and um, he's negotiating joining the government, uh, propping up the government. At the same time, Vimura publishes uh, information that he was gifted practically a house in downtown Skopje, in a very expensive part of uh, a bit to the west from downtown, uh, and also that his best man, who is now candidate, who is now elected as healthcare minister, he was also he also bought a house, but you know it's very dubious if they even gave any money in this part of the city. Uh, houses uh, which were bought by a huge businessman from Dewey, a guy who would get major oil. Uh, supply contracts from the government with the help of Dewey and his member of parliament, uh, true Dewey, uh, Yahoski, Ismail Yahoski, mm-hmm. who was also uh, mentioned as probably the main person that the U.S. embassy, the team sanctions, would go after. <laughs> so now he practically gave two houses to the opposition, to the leader of a large opposition party, mm-hmm. and the leader of the opposition party just forgets all about his previous criticism of Dewey, he would accuse Dewey about the fire in uh, uh, Tetovo, about the deadly bus tragedy, which affected especially his city, Gustivar, the first bus accident. Uh, we had two major bus accidents under Dewey um, in Albanian ran companies, which had like a very lax approach to checking the vehicles. Um, so yeah, this is a huge, you know, example of corruption. Uh, in, I was actually joking with one of Taravari's uh, supporters. I told him, "Listen, maybe you can try digging at your boss's uh, uh, in the yard of your boss's new house. Maybe you find another Dardanian ancient <laughs> plaque there. Maybe you get the deeds to your house from antiquity." Uh, and then at the same time, as you said, uh, Artan Grubi from Dewey who is uh, trying to re- keep in keep pole position to remain Ali Ahmed's successor in the party. Uh, he is in charge of building the highways from uh, practically the east-west uh, route from uh, through Bechtel. Vimura began to work on this line very strongly, but through Chinese companies, because we couldn't get uh, Amer- uh, European funding, mm-hmm. the EU funding, which every other... Balkan country like Bulgaria, if you're in the EU, you get free money for this. We had to pay for this. And we didn't want to pay the US rates because it's three times more expensive when you do it through Bechtel. So we would, we would do this through the Chinese for more favorable grants, or sorry, loans. And, uh, but this was all stopped under SDSM. But now Artan Grubi is negotiating a new deal with the US government, which would be the more expensive option without any EU support. So we have to pay three times more than uh, usual. And they're extremely incompetent. The, uh, they cannot complete the route to Ohrid, which is built through the Chinese contracts. 
they haven't started on the middle section, which should be solely ex uh, Bechtel built. Mm. And they have to build, they started building like two kilometers from the road, from the highway from Skopje to Kosovo, after Kosovo completed a very impressive highway from the border to Pristina. And they can't even complete these two kilometers. But what they did was they get, uh, Gruby got the construction company, which is building this small section and is getting like 30 million for this. Um, they sold, they, they, this company owned an old communist style hotel on Popova Shapka above Tetovo in the ski resort. So they practically gifted it to uh, a businessman very close to Artem Gruby. Hmm. So this is what they can do. And they also had, uh, uh, Gruby's brother also bought some real estate in downtown Skopje. He's again giving like ridiculously low figures. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're grazed in corruption. It's, and the corrective parties, you know, the Albanian opposition parties, which should be capitalizing on this, they have to be quiet because they're joining, negotiating to join the government, get, they're getting a piece of the action or negotiating, getting a piece of the action. The U.S. embassy condones all this, <laughs> and we're having a ridiculous level of corruption at the moment. Well, and, and it's, and again, as I said, it's reflected in the polls, and yet, um, and then, and of course, you know, the U.S. embassy is, is, we talked about team sanctions, and then nothing, it's, it's kind of like, well, it's performative, apparently, so... Yeah. Well, and then and then let's let's go back and, and touch on what we start what I started with in the uh, intro there the the, uh, the the bread shortages. Sven, you sent me you you in the back and forth on this before we started. You had sent me an email saying that you can't find bread, and I I, I found that funny because I thought you were joking. And then then I saw a picture that you posted on uh, the twitters, and literally <laughs> no bread. And it's just kind of yeah. this is this is Europe, folks. This is 2023, uh, and there's bread shortages. So um, uh, the government, you know, mishandled the energy sector. Uh, all the when they're not doing real estate deals, corrupt real estate, real estate deals, all the government officials are now involved in purchasing electricity from abroad, importing it into the country under inflated prices, as prices have gone sky high because of the war and of and because of their mishandling of domestic production so uh they're spent the government is spending public funds from the budget to support household bills but companies uh, were left to fend for themselves and this immediately translated into high food prices because you know you have to uh i don't know, mill the flour mill the grains mm -hmm. then bake the bread this requires electricity. So the government, a few months ago, they it, uh, signed contracts with select companies from the food sector, and this was obviously a corrupt, crooked deal, um, to which are producing basic staple foods. And the deal was: we give you cheaper electricity, you reduce the prices. You know, or you know, we want this to see this affect the end price of the product. Mm -hmm. um, the prices did went down slightly. The government insists they should have gone down more. The companies say, no, but look, it's the distribution. It requires oil. Oil is through the roof. Labor is through the roof because of your minimum wage increases. Um, everything is going up. So this is the best we can do. So the government pulls the energy subsidies and then orders the, the flour, the, the mill, the baker. How do you call it in English? A large industrial 
uh, baking. Yeah, the the it's the milling and the baking. Um, gosh, yeah. man. the bakers. Yeah, the baker, baker man. Yeah, baker the, man yeah, is baking the, bread. The, yes, those guys. <laughs> so he, tell, he told them, you will have to limit the price of bread. Uh, almost by you have to reduce it by half. So they put a hard cap. I don't even know how they can legally do this. I guess through some form of COVID slash energy crisis measures. So the government is mandating that the bread of a little under half a kilogram, like the typical loaf, it will have to be sold for uh, no more than 33 dinners, which is half a euro, half a dollar. Mm. <laughs> and it's almost half of what the price is now, the realistic price, the market price. Mm. And, the, and the company said, okay, you can mandate the price, but you can't force us to bake it. So they just stopped producing bread. <laughs> So on Tuesday, we had a run on uh, uh, bread. On Wednesday, we had a run on flour. Uh, and uh, in the smaller cities where you have like a small neighborhood bakery, which does not have transportation, family owned, so it doesn't have labor costs, they are following the law. But the large industrial companies, which supply large cities like Skopje, Bitola, Titova, they shut down. Mm. And now you almost can't find baked bread in a in a in a supermarket. So now the government is issuing another order that the bakeries have to resume production uh, at a volume of 80% of production they had, I don't know, two months ago or something like that. So now they're ordering them to start working at a loss. Hmm. And this is like, I don't know, like this, Atlas Shrugged stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is insane. You know, listening to you as a, as a free market, small government uh, mm -hmm. conservative, I'm just astounded that in 2023, in the middle of Europe, uh, you've got a government dictating to private producers the price, literally the literally the price of bread. I mean, it's just kind of, what is the government doing involved in this anyway? Uh, it, it's to me, it's you know, here we are, 32 years after Macedonia declared independence. And the government is still mucking around in the private se sector, literally dictating the price of bread. It's the it's the hangover of communism, times several factors, and it just doesn't mm. seem to be going away. And that's because, as I said in the intro, Sotosim before nineteen ninety one, the League of Communists of Macedonia, mm. Dewey before two thousand and one, before two thousand and two, the National Liberation Army. You've got terrorists and communists running the government. What the hell do you expect to yeah. happen? It's exactly this. It's corruption. Uh, it is, to throw in the other seat, it is crime, of course, which we haven't talked about in quite some time, but crime is rampant. And it is this mucking around in the private sector, which the government mm. has no business doing. Um, now... On the, on the flip side, I am, you know, I'm hoping, and, and we keep talking about early elections, I don't think, as, as we get closer to what should be the date of normal elections, <laughs> I think the, mm, the talk yeah. of early elections kind of fades by necessity. Uh, but it, at least for all of its sins and faults, Vumero, uh is, at least on paper, is, you know, the free market conservative party in Macedonia. Um, but, man, I, I, I just... I'm astounded that here we are in 2023 yeah. in Europe talking about a government dictating the price of bread in, in, in a European country. So, 
Uh, yeah, the communists actually seized from my family an industrial fl flour mill. Wow. So I'm, I'm actually looking very forward to, to seeing how this thing plays out, this second round. You want it back? <laughs> uh, no, I just want to see this whole thing collapse. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. Uh, uh, parents with young children, please turn away right now. Uh, turn off the turn off the the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it isn't getting to get any better. So uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, but they're making money hand over fist. I mean, the, from the minimum wage uh, laws uh, subsidized by the government, from the uh, mandate to that uh, supermarkets close on Sundays, uh, you know, uh, normal stores close on Sundays. Mm -hmm. the, the supermarkets can remain open. The supermarkets, companies, the, the supermarkets that are run by ethnic Albanian leadership can remain open on Sundays. Uh, that too, yeah, that's also an issue. But, uh, you know, we give subsidies to these companies for electricity, not to those. Mm. Uh, they would drag, they would mandate uh, during the corona the uh, price of uh, food, uh, eggs. I, I, I thought this, this rule lapsed. Uh, this is why I was surprised this time. Um, then at one point they started mandating the uh, margin of... Uh, uh, profit. profit you can have, yeah. Uh, so and you know all of this you can imagine is being done with backhanded negotiations oh, yeah. and uh, tipping off the importers, the producers. You know, go sell this now because if the measure goes into effect tomorrow, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So you know you, you can imagine that the government, the government uh, officials love this. Mm -hmm. Those who are in the know who are making decisions, not to mention the destroy your own energy producing sector and then start importing electricity abroad. This is all ridiculously lucrative for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. The prime minister is literally has a company for producing solar panels. And so he's actually directly benefiting from the high level of uh, high electricity prices. Mm. <laughs> he has a personal incentive to have things continue to go bad. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Hmm. Well, and They're again, robbing the country into the ground. The, yeah, ro yeah. And, and, you know, of course, the, the old saying is robbing the country blind uh, is the phrase. But mm. I guarantee you, nobody's blind in this. Everybody sees what's going on. And, again, it's reflected yeah. in the polls. And, you know, if, 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 this is, if this is marching towards EU membership, if it's the quote-unquote European mm -hmm. perspective that the government keeps talking about, which means... You rubes, you peasants, you bitter clingers must uh, support a change in the Constitution. If that's what all this means, then no wonder the polls show that mm. there's a record low uh, percent of Macedonians who want who support EU membership, uh, yep. and and especially the the demand from the churlish Albanians. Um, I'm looking at one one statistic here that among ethnic uh, ethnic Macedonians, eighty percent reject the. Uh, demand of the Bulgarians to change the constitution. Mm. So I don't know how, and of course, you know, as we talked about in our last podcast, the whole reshuffle in the government was to uh, bolster their numbers that, you know, they could change the constitution. And they went from, uh, I think in our last podcast, we said they was, went from 64 to 64, but the actual number is actually mm. 65. Uh, sorry about that, folks. We, mm. we, we guessed wrong on that. So it's actually one, a net, net plus one. Um mm. So, but they st it's that's not still not low enough, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it true. Could go down. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but they need eighty-one, uh, and so I'm not sure how that's. I, I guess it's going to take more um, uh, Johannes Balkan tactics, Han, 
to uh, to strong arm the other. Let's see, that's a, you need sixteen more votes to get there. Um, but did you see what Han did with the <laughs> casinos? No. Did you see? The, you must have seen this. Uh, Tell me. The the order to to have the not to close down the casinos oh, in the country. Yes. Let's yeah. Let's, that, let's, let's, that let's, since we're talking about corruption and yeah, let's talk about that. Um, out of this world. So. So the Albanians, yeah, the Albanians are pushing for this mostly because they, some of their parties like are like political Islam. They have like, uh, our youth is being corrupted by gambling, and well, we have we really have the casinos opening like crazy. So so it's not even funny. So wait, let's, let's take a step back. So the there is a proliferation of casinos in Macedonia. Yeah, that is a fact. I mean, like when I, slot machines, yeah. sports gambling, all sorts. When when I was there, what it was a month ago, a little over a month ago. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite little bakeries. All of a sudden, overnight, mm. became a casino. Yeah. Uh, I think now I'm a I'm a free market conservative. Um, mm. You know, I I have a hard time dictating and saying that you know casinos can't operate, etc. I'm kind of on the fence on that. But when it comes yeah. to restricting where they operate, uh, zoning, basic zoning requirements, of course, you don't want yeah. you don't want to you don't want a um, uh, a chemical producing factory next to a schoolyard for a school, mm. for instance. Uh, so the issue is casinos next to schools and yeah. the, some of the Albanian parties don't want casinos next to schools. Correct. Yes. And I agree with them on that completely. Yeah. I mean, look, we have folks, we have common ground here. Uh, so, yeah. but the Austrians who are in charge of these <laughs> casinos, the companies that run these casinos yeah. say, no, we want casinos popping up like proverbial mushrooms throughout the country, whether they're next yeah. to schools or not, right? And, yes. and, and Johannes Hahn was a uh, gambling company executive right. before he became a minister, and there was a lot of uh, commissioner, and there was a lot of allegation during the Colored Revolution that uh, his companies made a deal with uh, Mialkov, you know, protection racket, or, you know, we let you operate in Macedonia without any problem, but if you support Vimera, this was widely reported in the pro-colored revolution, SDSM press, and then when at one point Han quickly, you know, changed completely, uh, changed turn uh, completely, did a 180 and uh, started to support SDSM, they forgot about this, his previous involvement with Austrian casino companies, mm -hmm. uh, but now the Austrian ambassador is sending a letter to the parliament telling them you cannot uh, make this law because, because of uh, administrative uh, Thing with the law, this is very important for us. You have to respect rule of law. This law, as proposed, cannot pass. If you want to join the EU, <laughs> you have to respect uh, the freedom of entrepreneurship. He does not pr protest the the government uh, regulating the price of bread, but he is protesting the government regulating that there is no casino or you know fast. Uh, uh, there is also fast loan, fast credit uh, uh, stores easy opening credit, up right yes. next to Quote the unquote, easy credit. It's, yes, just it's just crazy. Yeah, just just put down the title to your car or your home, and we'll yeah, give you yeah, a yeah. quick loan here. So, yeah. Well, that is. I mean, so prove you don't have to go back to say, oh, I don't know, 1933 to prove that nothing good comes out of Austria. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, it, it you know, look, people aren't stupid. People aren't blind. This is reflected again in the polls that you've mm. got a corrupt government, you've got corruption in these EU member states and the EU itself, etc. No wonder uh, folks mm. want to be left alone and, and left to their, you know, you know, their traditional ways. Now, 
granted, of course, if, if you do that, then you've got what we have with the, the current government. But if the if Kale, if the State Department, if the EU wasn't propping these people up, then mm. then you would get in there a, a free market, at least on paper, again, a free market conservative party running the show and things I think would be better. Say what you want about Nikola Gorevsky and Vomero during their 10 years in mm. rule, but the economy was a hell of a lot better. Um, and, and there was more pride and, you know, things were moving in the right direction and it, it wasn't, you know, maybe Macedonia never would have gotten into the EU, uh, or even NATO then, Mm. but so what? I mean, it's not like it's bordering Russia because it's not, it's, it's, uh, I mean, anyway, you can make all these arguments all day. Well, we might soon, I mean, the way things are going. (laughs) Well, before that happens, I guarantee you, the planet will end. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, just to throw in a really quick dark note. I I do think the world is moving towards world war. So yeah, um, I'll make so. well within yeah. the the first stage yeah. of, the, of the war. Yeah. So. And yeah, yeah, we have the EU acting like crazy with uh, uh, you know all these broken promises. Uh, couldn't even come around to giving us some funding. But then rage on while we take Chinese funding, couldn't come around investing in uh, you know supporting a Balkan-wide energy infrastructure. Then raging once we turn to Russia for energy, uh, so the EU is uh, it's still very high, sixty-five percent support for EU membership. But then, as you said, there is eighty percent of ethnic Macedonians opposed to the deal with Bulgaria, which de facto means opposed to EU membership because Bulgaria will continue to block us until we uh, accept this uh, constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see the U.S. even crazier, maybe, with the war on Russia. We see uh, the American politicians, I, 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 the way I, they talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on that. I think we, we have disagreements The proxy on that, war on so. Russia, I don't know. Uh, well, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll politely push that aside for now. But, but yeah... Okay. Yeah. But but going back to I, I I think you just gave us a title there. You know, what was the, what was the uh, '80s song? You you gave me promises, promises. Um, I'll have to look that up. But... I was gonna go with Dardanian land acknowledgement. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works too. Okay. <laughs> um, well, actually, no sure I, uh, Sorry, I did I want to make a point on the land acknowledgement in Dardania and mm. the Native American tribes uh, here in southern Arizona, and that you know, uh-huh. so. Following that logic, you know, whoever the Dardanians were and whichever Native American tribe happened to be here most recently, they were the only ones ever here and they didn't take the land from anybody else. And, yeah, of, course, of course, they, they all lived in this uh, peaceful, Rousseauian, <laughs> uh, noble, savage, uh, idyllic, prelapsarian, uh, idyllic uh, state of being. And, uh, mm. you know, it was Kumbaya and all that crap, which didn't, because it didn't exist. I mean, this is kind of, mm. you want to go back and play that game? Okay, we'll do that. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, all right. So back, back, let's see, we were talking about the polls and I think I went off on a side tangent there. Uh, yeah. Um, and back on Bulgaria and the constitution, which I touched on just briefly. So the, the fall, we're in March now, and it's the fall where this kind of decision has to be made uh, Bulgaria is not going to, of course, 
Okay, Bulgaria is not going to support Macedonia's membership in the EU. They will keep their effective veto if Macedonia doesn't change the constitution. Bulgaria has another election in early April, I think basically about a Mm. month from now. This will be, I think, the fifth in two and a half years, something like that. But no matter what the makeup of the Bulgarian government, the new Bulgarian government is, um, which will probably lead to another election six months down the road, they're just not going to change their mind on that. It's just there's that's kind of baked into the cake on this thing. Uh, and Macedonia, Macedonians, through these polls and, and opposition, don't want to change the constitution. So, mm. where do we go from there? I'm a bit concerned about the Bulgarians. They uh, their left was actually pretty nationalist. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I kind of like this. I mean, they, they sounded like a, a sane, like a normal country. You can see this in their economics, uh, in their border management uh, during the migrant crisis. Uh, now they have uh, uh, a colored revolution, colorful, how should we call it, new left, liberal democratic left party being built with a lot of help from the U.S. embassy. Um, in the form of uh, the PP party and the DB parties, Mm -hmm. which just came out of nowhere uh, and have supplanted the old left. And they're uh, taking the urban vote in Sofia and the other large cities on an anti-corruption platform. We've seen this in Macedonia and uh, (laughs) we are reaping the benefits of this political engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, they're going to be kind of like tied with the populist right-wing party, but uh, I'm concerned that they may be pushed by the embassies uh, to form uh, a coalition with the Turkish part. Mm-hmm. So like here we have the rulers of a colorful, liberal, democratic, post, post-national um, uh, party. Post-national, post-Christian, post-human. <laughs> yeah, post postmodern, post post, <laughs> uh, with with the Albanians with disastrous consequences. They might do the same, and you know this coalition might be marginally more open to Macedonia making concessions. Uh, on the other hand, we seen we saw them in power for like six nine months, and uh, we saw them align with the U.S. a lot on Ukraine, and then they leveraged this to make. Uh, a deal which was very favorable to Bulgaria, very unfavorable favorable to Macedonia on the national issues. <laughs> so, you know, it could actually happen that if they're the darlings of the U.S., because they're exporting uh, 155 millimeter grenades to Ukraine and diesel, that they will get an excellent deal on uh, Macedonia. At the same time, Serbia is angling to make a deal on Macedonia with its strategic reorientation toward Macedo- toward the West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so th- these two countries are competing, uh, practically going to the Americans, telling them, "Listen, uh, we can, we will join you more. We will fight Russian influence in our borders. But what do we get out of it? And we are on the table. We are not. Uh, we are on the menu. We are not <laughs> sitting at the table now <laughs> as a country." And then the polls show that Vemmer is beating SDSM easily, but then SDSM no longer wants to compete on its own. They want uh, Dewey, they want this newly acquired uh, AA party, which they bought with two houses in Skopje, mm-hmm. uh, to join SDSM in pre-election coalition. So this would be the first time they would have a large Albanian partner pre-election, no, not post, post-election. Right. 
Um, so they could get close to Vimero. Now this could mean that if they uh, come with a list which is half Macedonian, half Albanian, is the SM's remaining Macedonian support evaporates and the Albanians continue to lose the protest vote, the poor, the people who are angry with the, uh, with the way t their own community is going with uh, their economics. Like, like now they're losing, they have a faction in Dui, they have Albanian parties joining but also leaving the coalition. Those who leave the coalition gain in popularity. Uh, we see this in Besa. So uh, this, this could backfire on them. But then with a lot of pressure from the U.S. Embassy, with tactical arrests of Vimera people before the elections, uh, with some new state of crisis in the country, uh, they could have an even result with Vimera, even slightly beating Vimera. So this is their plan for the next four years. They still wouldn't have 80%, uh, 80 votes in parliament to amend the constitution. So Vimera is negotiating on this. They're saying we want guarantees from Bulgaria, but also early elections before uh, maybe there is talk of maybe a suspended uh, constitutional change. So we vote on this with the Vimera votes. Vimera gets early elections, a fair election mm. in which they have a chance to win. But the um, changes to the constitution go into effect only after Bulgaria lets us join the EU. Right. So that's one option. Another option is that, uh, uh, what was the other option, sorry? Uh, that we have a referendum on the on the <laughs> constitutional change again, yes, along with early elections. Sorry. So, yeah, this, there's there are a lot of plans going around how to remove this cancer on the country, uh, and what to do with Bulgaria, not to destroy relations with them too much, but uh, I don't know. It's also not too so much, just a little. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're they're bad. Relations yeah. are pretty bad now, but. Um, how worse they can get is is the question. Well, you could start a war, so that'd be it'd uh, be a first first time to see two NATO members go to war. So uh, yeah, uh, there's there's always there's always that. Uh, no matter well, Greece and Turkey fought over Cyprus. Uh, yeah, well, don't don't forget. No matter how bad it is, it can always get worse. So um, yeah, that's just, well, I think curious I, to that. Yeah, <laughs> so one of those polls that we were talking about, I think, said that the majority of Macedonia. Well, I don't know if it's the majority. It's um, well, a third. No, that's a, let's see, I'm looking here at different numbers. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Bulgaria is the most disliked country. Well, Serbs are the most loved. That's interesting. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, 20. We, we, are, we are about to go to Serbia, cap in hand, begging them for bread. <laughs> they, they actually sent us grains at the start of the crisis, then vaccines. Now we are, <laughs> it's very likely to start delivering bread to Skopje. Well, if, if the United States was right next to Macedonia, you could clandestinely, you know, smuggle eggs over the border here, and I could clandestinely mm. smuggle bread over the border to you. But actually, the price of eggs yeah. has actually gone down, thankfully. So, um, yeah, really? So, yeah, fortunately, it's been a, been a long time coming. But uh, And I eat a lot of eggs. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's see here. Uh I think that that's a that's a full wrap. I got to get to the office. I have a day job. Uh, you have a day mm -hmm. job too, but it's late afternoon. Yes, and I have to go in line for the bread. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those years when, uh, at the collapse of communism, I would go in line. My father would go wow. to buy uh, milk in uh, plastic bags wow. as it was sold at the time. Wow, as it as was fashion at the time. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> well, and, uh, uh, Americans listening to this, um, don't get too smug. It might come here too at some point. So if you keep voting for the f- bloody Democrats, uh, mm. anyway, all right. Uh, that's a good, that's a good, uh, good way to end on a laugh and well, I don't know if that was a laugh. It was a laugh and then it was a sour a note. Laugh. So <laughs> it's crushing morosity, as John Pedort says on the commentary podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll check in with the, each other in a week or two and see where we are next time. See if you've got, see if you got more, more, you've got bread back on the uh, shelves. I don't even eat bread that much, honestly. Yeah, actually, but, I don't. Uh... Yeah. But, but most people do. I mean, it's, it's throughout all of history and throughout all nations societies peoples it's bread our daily bread is the most important important staple product to keep people alive so yeah that is important we'll end on a a sober note there so yes all right (laughs) okay buddy yep good talking to you yeah till next time take care